That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no. You, you defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Joker Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, I am JC, along with my guy, Nestlemania. I'm ready to go. We had a long weekend of wrestling, and uh, I don't know if you heard about this. We had a little video on YouTube called uh, NXT Hangover in Your House. I don't know if anybody saw it yet, but go to YouTube and check out the boys, the brothers, Quinn. Uh, they did a great job. Although TJ did state specifically at the very end, Nestle, follow that motherfucker. And we're going to follow that motherfucker with this motherfucker, all right? No one wants to follow you, Nestle. You're horrible. If you if you want to get right. Nestle's nobody, bad nobody takes, nobody can follow me. Yeah, nobody you're private. Can follow me. They're, you're private. private. <sighs> but yes, you should definitely check out the Quinn Magic, the Quinn Twins on the Jobberknocker YouTube page. Exclusively, it's good stuff. I watched it this morning before my back appointment, and as always, those boys do a good job. And we will give some quick thoughts on that probably later in the show. But we start off only one way here, and that is in the shine. And Nestlemania, I don't know about you, but this week I enjoyed SmackDown a lot more, and there were two things, well, actually a couple things that really stood out to me, but number one, we have new women's tag team champions. After you said there was zero chance that Sasha and Bailey would win the titles, they did win the titles, and my favorite part in wrestling from maybe all of 2020 was immediately after the match, Sasha Banks running over to Michael Cole and demanding that he say, it's boss time. I fucking lost it. I thought that was great. I loved the stuff of the exclusive backstage with them being like, oh, should we go on the floor and cry about this now? It was just good. I loved it. And the fact that you were dead wrong makes it even better. I was going to ask you how much of me being wrong, is it the cherry on top or more of the sundae? I'm just curious. I'm not a cherry guy, so we'll call it the hot fudge. You are the chocolate after all. I, I am chocolate. That, that's a nice, uh, that's a nice, <laughs> nice comparison. <laughs> Look, I will say this much. I, uh, I was surprised it was the main event. It was nice for a change. I thought that the women really, really turned it up in that matchup. About three, four minutes left in the match, I saw Sasha... And then I think it was Nikki Cross doing a lot of the work back and forth. The Bliss came in, you know, do some punches and stuff like that. But that's not, I really want to give kudos to those the three. Well, Bailey did enough at the end. But the three women that were really involved, I thought, did a really great job setting the pace to make it more climactic at the end there. And I thought that was great. And uh, it was a roll-up that actually was crucifix roll-up in that uh, ended up working out in the end. So I thought that was interesting. Faux show. What was your favorite part of this week, Nestlemania? Well... Look, you're going to talk more about SmackDown, I'm sure. I am going to say, look, uh, continuing on Raw, I will... I'm not continuing on Raw. I was going to continue to a woman's point, but I'll, I'll, I'll scratch that for later. I will say my favorite part of Raw, in my opinion, was the decathlon. What? Personally. Really? Yes. yes. Wow. Okay, I want to hear this. Okay, so... The, the one thing that, that kept me interested in it, I will say, was how quick it was. They, they pissed, they made their joke. This is, this is the part that I enjoy, and a lot of people miss this fucking stuff, especially when we, we talked about this ad nauseum, so I'm not going to be the dead horse too much. But, you know, JC, you've been on this program talking about how people have long-winded promos, they don't get to the point. I thought this, they had 10, 10 things to get through, and they were, like, flying through they made their jokes, they got in, they got out. They made their in, they got out. They did everything they needed to do in this one. And personally, I think, based on what we've had so far, in my opinion, I thought this one was the best one so far. Wow. I, because I, I'm shocked. It, because here's, here's the one thing that, that bothered me, and I'll have to go back and make sure that maybe I'm nitpicking too much. Again, this is you know nitpicking an A-plus effort to an A, but still, it's amazing. At the very, very end, I don't, I don't know if they kept changing who got to pick what, when, but at the very end, it looked like to me 
like every like it started out with the Street Profits, then it was a Vikings, then it was Street Profits and a Viking event. You know what I mean? And then at the very end, between eight and nine and ten, they switched it to go Viking, Viking, Street Profits for dramatic effect. I get it, but it just seems like again I'm nitpicking. But I gotta tell you, if Air Ivar isn't a fucking T-shirt on WWEshop.com, I am going to be so mad because right then and there when he says. Raise the bar for air Ivar. I I I I had to watch this in silence, and I I I was in the dark, physically holding in laughter, giggling to myself. That's that's how much it tickled me. And I, to be honest, I've never physically uh, been able to, to. I don't have a relationship with Handsome Johnny as he is back here in, in the Northeast, but he is he is a great guy, and he's trained a lot of amazing people in chaotic. So just to see him get some, you know, some cool stuff. That was good for me. I am shocked that this is your favorite part of the week. I enjoyed it um, overall because, I, like I said, I've enjoyed this. But my critiques of this one was uh, you've been harping on how this should be spread throughout the show. I thought if this yep. one was spread throughout the show, it would have been a lot more effective because for me, as much as I was enjoying pieces of it, I had trouble keeping up because it was jumping around so much of just like what was going on. I do appreciate like the jokes being slid in and all that, but I think that is the one thing I would have changed is just – like you said, sprinkle this one in throughout the night, especially because considering what do they have, like 10 events? I couldn't even, I literally couldn't keep track. Um, it wasn't my favorite one, but um, I, I, don't, I don't dislike it. But I am curious to see how they, what they do going forward now because I think when we were speaking uh, privately, you said that a decathlon, like, isn't that usually like the end of something? So I'm, I'm curious where right. this goes next. I, I, I don't know how much more they can do. I mean, track and field events are done. Bowling's done. They've done basketball. They're probably not going to do baseball or football. So, I mean. No one's playing they, baseball. Fuck that sport. That's America's pastime. Not and anymore. You know what that means? Not anymore. Pass. That pastime is dead. Pass. Put it out to pasture. No one watches baseball. Everyone who watches baseball is dead. Everybody that watches baseball is an 80 year old person. Exactly. Sorry. It's over. Dead. Over. Sorry, go ahead. What else is the shine for you? Uh, for me, I'm going to jump back to SmackDown because you know what I love, WrestleMania? I love pranks. And know what else I love? Miz and Morrison pranking Braun. Like, we've talked about this feud just being like, it's going to be, it's like a check mark for Braun to get him a nice win, but it's been a lot of fun along the way. I found myself enjoying it because Miz and Morrison just have like that good dynamic together where they're entertaining. They're goofballs. And this was a way for them to show off their goofballs. And, you know, Braun just like, you know, taking it. But the best part, and I th- I saw you tweet this, and I had the same thoughts. I actually almost gave her my comeback this week. Is Kayla Braxton got slimed? That like that is an MVP yeah. moment because she's wearing a nice, expensive dress. A lot of those time these uh, these dresses are leased by these women, so they don't have to own them, so they can return them and get a new one. But she took slime, and she and she took it like a champ. I mean, maybe she didn't have a choice. I don't know. But if she did have a choice, and she was like, "Fuck yeah, give me the slime." And kudos to her, because she seems like a party girl. She seems like she has fun, especially on the bunk. Like, she seems like somebody everybody gets along with. So I would say that this woman is the MVP of the week, honestly. Yeah, no, I like I said, I she nearly got my comeback, but uh, I have adjusted on that. So there is no spoiling yet. She will not be getting it. Yes. I want to say on the Ms. Morrison band segment, I popped because this is what I realized, and I, I've talked about this bunch, but John Morrison, as much as I hate him in terms of the – non-sequitur, jumpy, gymnastic bullshit he does in the ring. If he never wrestled again and only was the Miz's sidekick by adding in little little quips here and there, I would love him. He would be my favorite wrestler. Or what? Sorry, my favorite entertainer. Stop it. Because he, he, did, he did a couple... He does this weird thing where the Miz says something, and then he says something even more ridiculous, where he was like, this is how we do it. It's Friday night. And I just, I just cracked up. I was like, this guy... I don't like him in the ring. I don't want him anywhere near my ring. But in, in promos, I'm, I'm actually starting to enjoy this guy. So, and, he, you know, like, he was being, you know, like, there's there's a straight man, and then there's a funny man. He was he was a funny man. So that's, I gotta say, I thought that it was a, it was a nice little back and forth. The van thing was good. Everything was nicely done. Again, we've always talked about how great Braun is with these production, you know, and they give him production quality stuff. I will say, one caveat, the man... Could flip an ambulance, but had a harder time with trucks. Uh, sorry, a van. So yeah, well, weird. no. So as our boy Rario was trying to tell you, not only was there a shit ton of equipment in that van, there were also oh, two grown men, two grown men, and a ton of equipment. That is the great equalizer. 
cut it out, dude. I told you and I told Ray I researched it because I knew. Yes, but you didn't factor no... in the equipment and the human beings I inside. I did factor in the equipment. No, fake news. Punch. Sad. Sad. No, you listen, listen. What are those? Two twenty a piece. That's four four forty. Then you're going to tell me there's equipment in there that's more than five hundred pounds. That's a thousand at most. You're going to tell me the difference between a van and an ambulance is at least five k. Five k. Right. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, I'm just going to ignore that's gonna, that. That's going to be my new thing from now on when I lose an argument. I'm just going to go, I'm right, let's move on. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you do anyway. You usually, see, that's what I do. You normally just change the subject and try to argue something else, but that's neither here nor there. I know the one thing we probably can't argue about right now is uh, how good Sonya Deville continues to be. She attacked Lacey from behind uh, in their rematch and their entrance, but then... Always in the shine, Mandy Rose popped up on the Tron and cost Sonya the win. Woman's right, Lacey picks up the W, but Sonya's heel work continues to be top-notch on the blue brand. I gotta tell you, she is must-see television for me. I have to, I gotta rewind that. I have to watch Sonya Deville every week. That is that is must-see television for Nestlemania every single week. I mean, I don't care if she trips over herself and, and gets pied in the face or looks like an idiot. She makes up for it in her trash talk. She makes up for it in the aggressiveness. Daddy DeVille, baby, all day, every day, for every day that I need it. That's exactly what she is. So she is my favorite female wrestler on any brand with the exception of Io Shirai. But she's up there. She's up there on the tippity top. Yeah, she's fantastic. And I kind of like kind of went there last week but she's literally like she's doing what becky lynch did she's like it's that same type of character she's gaining momentum it's a shame that she's not going to have a crowd probably for a little bit here besides her peers because i am curious to see like if her reaction from like a legit like full crowd full of all different types of people is as much as the love we're giving her on the internet i'm just i just want to know if that translates i think it can over time but i'm just curious to see if we're at that point yet or if we still have a little ways to go I feel like we have three to six months to go. Yeah, no, really and, and that's I mean, the tough that's part. Feels like. Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, it's weird to me. I know we're going to get off track if I ask this question, but I, I just, I'm curious. I feel like as I'm watching WWE programming and probably AEW as well. To me, do, is there going to be a thing where we look back upon this quarantine and everything has an asterisk to it, or that like, yeah, but it was in a, it was in quarantine, or yeah, but it was you know whatever. Like I feel like. Not right away, but I feel like a couple of years from now, we're going to look back upon this. We're going to remember a lot, but we're going to look back on this, in my opinion, and think like, yeah, like Drew McIntyre won, but he didn't win in front of a crowd. That sucks. You know, like there's always going to be a fucking prepositional phrase. Yeah, no, I, I think there definitely will be. I think people will use it in their arguments one way. So if like, if say Drew McIntyre loses to Bobby Lashley on Sunday and then just disappears, everyone who loves Drew McIntyre will blame it on this and whatever if he never gets another chance. But I also think there's two things for me. Because obviously, I think that this quarantine thing without a crowd has forced, especially WWE more than any other brand, to really focus on producing good stories. And that is one thing I want to see if, like, going back, if they just fall into their old habits of just like, oh, yeah, we have a crowd, whatever, just send Braun out there and let him roar. We don't need stories for anything. But I just think, obviously, like, just to survive, they've had to start, like, really putting an emphasis in the storytelling. And I think it's really helped their product that could have completely died over this process because a lot of the wrestling is just tough without a crowd. But I hope that my hope is that once we start to get back to normal, that they continue to maintain that balance of just throwing wrestlers out there and like having compelling stories too, because I think that's something we could look at this back negatively, but I think that is the one little tiny glimmer of positivity we can take from this whole horrible thing that's happened. Yeah. I mean, it's an excellent point, but I just, I, it does because I feel like, like you said, there's going to be an argument that gets brought up every single time. Yeah, no, like, I, I think Drew McIntyre is the big one that'll be interesting to see, and I, we can already have that conversation about him in a bit because I am curious what you think. This is a tease uh, if he does happen to lose to Bobby Lashley, but we're not going to get there now. Um, we're going to stay on SmackDown, and I'm going to talk about uh, our boy Otis stealing King Corbin's crown. I thought this was hilarious. I was just, it was just like, this is great. I, this is something that I didn't think that. I would want to see, but I would, it got me excited for, I'm like, Otis Corbin? This is a weird mix. Obviously, Corbin got DQ'd by hitting Otis with the chair, but uh, the other highlight for me was Otis had a shirt on. Do you know what it said, Nestlemania? 
I tried reading it, but I, I it think said it steak up. body. I would buy that. Oh, boy. I would buy that yesterday. It's, it's, it's probably on WWE Shop background right now. Yeah, I, 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 I might buy it. I should. It's great. Steak body. Wait for it on. Wait for it on clearance. Yeah, they, well, they do. do I feel like they do buy one get one freeze every day. So you know, I can get you a Mandy shirt. I'll get me an Otis shirt. We'll be like a happy couple. Yeah, and then you can. We'll both do half shirts. Okay. <laughs> that would be You're a sight. Post it on Instagram. <laughs> that would be post a it sight. On yes, absolutely, absolutely. Look, I will say this much about Otis and uh, Corbin. Before we get to the match, Mandy was already telling Otis what to do, and Love Otis it. did it. Love it. And, Mandy, Mandy is secretly, secretly telling him what to do, and this is going to backfire when he cashes in at the wrong time. But anyway, or gives it up to Mandy altogether. The other thing is here is, and this, this is where this is where Nestle gets beat on. I'm sure by everybody that listens to this program. This was a head and shoulders test for me watching Otis. Otis, the wrestler, could not keep up with the King. King dragged him. And Agreed. I mean, drag Otis through this fucking match because he is the king is so much higher, and I can't believe I'm fucking saying this in league form. Like his league is so much bigger, so much higher than Otis. Like it is just like I was watching Otis not being able to keep up and 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 not like he was fucking up spots here and there, and the fluidity of the king kept it going and made it a decent match. But I was sitting there as as a spectator slash you know learning somebody that's learned some of the craft. And I could pick out some things, and I'm just like, oof. I'm sure, you know, Corbin went back home, had a brewski, and it chopped up his nice meats on Instagram. I mean, after that <laughs> one, that was really a rough night for him. I will so. say, I do want everyone to take this moment and to really bask in the glory of our king, because obviously he's been working with a lot of top guys for, uh, I mean, he's pretty much been the main event for like a good year now, and, you know, he does. he's never really gotten the credit for his in-ring work and where he's developed. But, like, like you said, like, we saw like like in his matches with AJ Styles in the past, and he's just gotten better since then. It's like he can hold his own with anyone. So it was interesting to see him matched up with someone who isn't there yet, and to see him able to actually carry it a bit. So it didn't completely take me out of it. Mm-hmm. What else sure. you got? Well, look, um, I will say this much: I really appreciated the Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles promo only because. It made me remember in a couple, like this couple past weeks, and Daniel Bryan's kind of been floundering with this Drew Gulak, like love affair coach thing that they're doing. It's great. It's good wrestling. I, I was, I'm boned up, as we say, for our boy over the pond for Danny Greenwood. We get boned up for good wrestling. But uh, this, rem- this made me remind myself Daniel Bryan is one of the best at promos. He made me, he got there, and he sold why he should have the IC championship. For me, in under 10 seconds, he said, because I want to defend this every week, and I want your favorite wrestler to get a chance, and you might have an opportunity to see your favorite wrestler become champion. And I was like, that's it. You fucking Mudge, get in the fucking van. We're going to fucking SmackDown, and we're seeing Daniel Bryan. That's exactly what it was. Like, he, he somehow figured out the equation of that's how you get people to come to fucking see him wrestle. That's it. No, I'm 100% with you. The minute he said that, because I wrote down that same thing, it's like, okay, I want Daniel Bryan to be IC champion now because I love this stuff. I, I love the John Cena Open Challenges, and I love everyone who's done it after him. I love that on AEW they made a title that Cody's now doing that every week. Like That's something exciting to me where you get to see these people get a chance. Like your boy Mojo, Seth gave him a chance a couple years ago. It was his best match and like his entire career by by far. Stuff like that is exciting to me, especially when I'm looking at the SmackDown roster. It's like, they just added Matt Riddle. They have guys like my guy Shorty G. Like, you have all these really, really good wrestlers. Cesaro, run down the list of guys who could just randomly come out and have a match with Daniel Bryan on any given Friday. That's incredibly exciting. So, yeah. I'm with you 100%, and I do want to say I also did enjoy AJ in this segment because I love him being like, I'm going to give Drew Gulak a handout. Uh, so I, I will say, like, these two guys, I'm excited for their match this week on SmackDown. I'm curious to see if it'll continue, even depending who wins. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm enjoying these two together right now a lot. Yeah, I mean, let's see what it, what it culminates to. I assume a rematch will definitely happen one way or another, and uh, I'm sure AJ Styles, whether he wins or loses, will probably stick around in that kind of area anyway because that's what he does best is he wrestles like a, like a mofo. So that's what he does. What else do you got? I have more, like, quick little things. That Let's, hear Let's hear it. Let's hear it, because I have a few okay. quick things, too. I bet they're the same. 
quick shines. All right, we're going to go to Rob very quickly. Sasha Banks versus Peyton, one-on-one. Ding, ding, ding. One yep. of those two are ferocious. Low-key, I think, low-key, Peyton is one of the greatest sellers in the women's division Agreed. I've ever seen in my life. Agree. Wonderful. She sold that fucking spin kick like she got hit by Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. I was just like, I, and then, and then I was watching, I don't know if maybe I just, I, I take Sasha Banks for granted or what, but I was watching her and I'm like, she goes at a clip that's just one gear before everybody else or, or, or higher or lower, whatever the, the uh, I'm not good with stick shift. So whatever's uh, next gear, but she still got that gear that a lot of people don't have it. And I was like, man, she makes everybody, she makes everybody better, but she makes people that are slower look faster too, which is a really nice tool to have when you're a wrestler. If you can make somebody look faster than they really are, then you make them look better than they really are. And I think that's what she did on, on Raw the other night. I thought she did a great job. Also, very quickly, Seth Rollins getting jumped by Alistair Black, specifically getting jumped by Black, get the living daylight out of me, came out of nowhere, loved it. The rest of it, dog shit, but we'll talk about that later. I love that Seth's boys dropped out. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, later. Um, let me see. I think I talked about everything else. Oh, Lady Kissing the Glass for Garza. That was hysterical. I got to get a lot of that. <laughs> you asked for you it, you got it. fucking stink about it. You got a, you, you got such a stink about how it was a gross thing to do. Yeah, because it was something gross, you suggested. But... Of course I'm going to throw a stink about it. She no, no, shouldn't. No, no, no. She shouldn't. She should not be putting her lips on the glass. That is disgusting. You don't know who put their lips on the glass before you. That 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 I'm fan, sure that NXT fan, probably has Corona now. She's That's gonna, not she, a fan. Well, exactly. She's a fan of Rod that works for NXT. She's probably got Corona oh, by now. The way, She's gonna. They're gonna have to close oh, down the Jesus. whole state. TJ, when it happens, you know who to blame. The girl kissing the glass. Anyway, uh, I think I'm done on Raw. But I want to say very quickly, she said the whole thing about the NXT fans. I don't know if it was just the promos on Raw specifically, but there were so many people that like waited for a silent moment to be like, uh-oh, oh no, ah, you did it. Like they just like, like they were all like all men and women. They were like as if as if they were watching at home on their screens were just like yelling at silent points. And it was just, I don't know if it made it good or bad. Like I just, I was watching it, going, "Wow, this is, this is bizarre. Like this is just bizarre that I can hear a fan talking specifically." So, yeah, no, it, it did seem like there was more of an emphasis for the crowd to maybe raise it a few decibels and make their voices heard a little more than uh, when they first started it. So I'm, I'm assuming an internal memo went out from the boss. An internal memo came out from a 78 year old man. Yeah. Wonderful. You got any more shot? Or should uh, we get heatful? I think I'm good. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. So I'm looking at this. There was, a, there was a lot of stuff this week that I don't think there's anything that I really despised, but there was a lot of stuff that just didn't do a lot for me, so I'm curious to see what maybe you didn't like the most. I mean, you're asking, you're like gaslighting the, you know, one person here that fucking will always have an issue with something, so I mean. Yeah, so let's hear it. Strap in. Strap in, folks. Here we go. We'll start on SmackDown, top to bottom. Here we go. Jeff Hardy comes out to a promo doing whatever he does, Jeff Hardy stuff. Which, again, not a bad at Jeff Hardy promo, but Sheamus is, like, cutting a better promo about responsibility. Sheamus just eat him up. Eat him up. Spit him out. That's what he did in that promo. They spilled into the fucking plexiglass and basically... You can't... That's the dumb thing about Jeff Hardy. Why the fuck would you start a fight with Sheamus? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's been talking guy, shit about him. He has to defend himself. I know, but seriously, like, Sheamus will potato you when he shakes his goddamn hand. Like, that guy just beats people up just for fun. Like, I just, I was looking at it going, what a fucking idiot. But whatever, it is what it is. It was terrible. It just, we're not we're not loving this, I, I don't think, anyway, on, on television. It doesn't seem like anybody on Twitter is really loving the idea of these two going at it. It is what it is. Um, it was just weird promo between Shorty G and Mojo, who possibly could have gotten a comeback, I guess. But uh, who cares? I completely uh, forgot Mojo was involved in that. <laughs> somehow translates into some crazy altercation in terms of the six-man tag that nobody asked for with the New Day and Knock and Cesaro. And, like, it just, I don't know. Like, I hate six-man tags in general, but this was just, it was just like, okay, great, wonderful, let's move on. It's like, the baby face is one, who cares? You know, like, the one thing they will do is they, they, they do this hot and cold thing. Like, the new Apollo Crews is now Mojo Raleigh. They've, they've spent... 45 minutes in this match talking about how great Mojo's potential is, and I'm sitting there going, I'm not falling for this shit again. He sucked. 
now that hey, hey, now that now that his boy's Gronk is back is gone. I mean, it's just maybe they want him to take the mantle. I don't. I wouldn't uh, hold my breath on that one. But yeah, it's just for me the takeaway for me from all this stuff was just like New Day seemed to really have something going on with the Forgotten Sons, but they've uh, obviously pulled the plug on that at least for the short term because uh, one of them you know had some issues on the internet and apparently has some heat. But uh, it's just it's I'm curious to see because. Like, Raw, obviously, with their tag team titles, like, they've been doing this thing with the Street Profits and Viking Raiders and entertaining, but it's obviously far away from the ring. Whereas SmackDown, you're looking at, like, okay, they have a lot of good wrestling teams, but it's just suddenly now there's nothing going on after we had that big, like, like match with, like, five or six teams involved. And now we're just kind of back to square one, where it's just, like, now the New Day's just randomly defending Shorty G. So I don't – I'm a little worried about this division right now. Well, it's hot and cold, much like everything else that happens on Raw and SmackDown, so I'm not really loving the idea of a lot of things. They, they, they have, like, two or three good stories on each show, and then the rest of it's just fucking, as my buddy Derek Simonetti would say, chuffa. All filled full of chuffa of nothing. That's what it is. So it is what it is, folks. Moving on, uh, Rey Mysterio uh, does the most robotic promo I've ever seen in my life. Uh, as a via satellite, as Seth Rollins is eating up scenery, talking about how he's God. Good damn, is this bad. Like, just... Rey Mysterio, booyaka, booyaka, all over this fucking thing. Like, it is, he just, I think there's a complete shank into the woods. He punted this one away. It was just awful. Like, it was just like, you want to see me? I'll see you next week. It was just like, okay, let's fucking barrel into the car again, guys. This guy really makes me want to fucking watch Raw next week. Like, whatever. Like, it just, it was dog shit, in my opinion. What do you think? No, I I, I agree. I, this is the first week since, uh, the rebirth of the Messiah. Sorry uh, uh, to our boy uh, Danny across the pond there, but I'm not putting any of this in the like. None of this was really worth it for me. I thought like everything this week was felt really rerunny and not just like they already did the big thing last week of the retirement, and then they're trying to rehash it. But they're having Mysterio, like you said, cutting robotic promos, and then in rain we're getting back to the same match. We've I feel like we've had like a month in a row with the Messiah boys taking on Alistair and Shimmy, and then the three beat up the two and there's still no Mysterio or Dominic to be seen. So it's just, this week just seemed like a lot of useless filler for that feud. That took up a lot of time. Yep. And then here's something else that I really enjoyed, sarcasm included. Uh, MVP trying to break down the effectiveness <laughs> of the full Nelson. The full Nelson strikes fear. You know what happens when you meet the full Nelson? It was just like, dude, just label it the Lashley Law. Do something. Call it something different. I don't care. Fucking call it Lana's divorce. I don't care. But the full Nelson? Good God. That doesn't strike fear. When I think of Nelson, I think of the Simpson character. You know, ha <laughs> ha, that's it. That's all I think about. You're going to tell me that the full Nelson is going to, like, and I, I want Bobby Lashley to fucking win on Sunday. Spoiler alert, my pick, Bobby Lashley, WWE champion. Wow. But, but the full Nelson, give me a fucking break. Well, I have two Give things on that. Break. Obviously, I agree 100% that that, that was fucking horrible. Uh, the lounge did get in, uh, interrupted by McIntyre, blah, blah, blah. But then for some reason, like, you have Lashley and MVP taking on the Vikings. And I think Lashley and MVP won. I, that was just because there was a brawl after. It's just like, I don't know what we're doing here. But my big takeaway from this, Nestle, and I kind of hinted at it earlier, is if Bobby Lashley, as you are predicting, does win on Sunday and McIntyre loses... Do we look at this whole Drew McIntyre thing as a failure? I would say not a failure, at least from my eyes. I would look at it as we're hitting pause. Okay. Because my, my thought would be what they want to do, if they're smart, would be first night back in front of a crowd. And I mean like a jam-packed arena, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, they're hanging from the rafters. I mean, I mean jam-packed, sold out, people are pumped, excited. You know that first time it's going to happen. And whoever is the champion, whether it's Lashley, whether it's Otis, I don't give a shit, whatever, who it is, you know, Drew McIntyre wins it back. Now, I also think there's a weird circumventing thing here where Lashley holds on to the championship, Brock Lesnar gets it back, and then Drew McIntyre wins it first night back in front of a crowd on Raw, three seconds beats Brock Lesnar, crowd pops big time, and then we're off to the races to what was originally scheduled. I think that they are going to look at this as, we're going to do as much as we can with Drew now to see the testing. He's doing really good. He seems really comfortable. But I would rather see Bobby Lashley, because as we've always talked about in this program, the heels always could have the championship, and the baby's got to chase. So, I mean, 
the chase is what makes money, folks. And having that moment with the crowd, as we talked about, will make Drew McIntyre a legit star. Not that he's not now, but I mean, like, he's in that, like, weird, murky upper middle card, in my opinion. He's not Seth Rollins' whole fucking show. He's not Roman Reigns' whole fucking show. Like, he can be and he will be, but he needs the crowd behind him to be the whole fucking show. I agree with pretty much everything you said, but I am worried because a lot of the times when you see this, like, I agree 100%. I think Bobby Lashley is more ready to be a world champion, especially with MVP as his mouthpiece, than he's ever been. I think the build for him since WrestleMania has been one of the best builds in the company by far. He's been on a rocket ship. He's looked great. Um, and he's definitely a deserving champion, and the Brock Lesnar thing makes a lot of sense. I'm just worried that a lot of the times if you do something like this, something else always comes up in wrestling that if you lose Drew now they might never take that toy out of the toy box, like you like to say again, and give him that shot. So that's why, for me, I'm like I'm not going to give my prediction yet because I want to leave something for the end here, but I am very torn on predicting this match because I think this is this is a big, monumental decision that they have to make with like their top title on Raw, and it could really affect the future of the brand and both of these guys. So I, it's, I think this is a big turning point on Sunday at Backlash for these two. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens, but like I said, it's Bobby's time. I mean, if it's not now, when, right? So you might as well take a shot at it. Don't disagree. Um, Another thing, uh, I think we should talk about the uh, United States title. Um, I will say, um, I think we disagree on this, but... I'll probably have to listen to it a few more times because sometimes first listen doesn't always give a good representation. But I did, was not a big fan of Apollo's new theme. I thought it was a little too mellow. I'm also a big fan of the old one, which might hurt my bias. But I was just surprised that now is the time they're doing it. But I know you said that uh, you actually kind of like it. Because I think that back in the day when he was debuting in NXT, they had this song for him with like rap lyrics and shit. And it sounded so much cooler. And then I heard, dun, da, da, dun, dun, <laughs> which again, isn't a bad song, but it's such a, it's such a, like a, um, you know, when you watch a family guy and, the, and they are, is it family guy? I think it's family guy. When the, the tuba guy is following around the sad fat dude, like it's just like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> when I hear, when I hear, bum, ba, da, dun, 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 it already makes me think he's, he's, he's got a glass ceiling. Like here comes Womp 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 Apollo Cruz. Versus this song, to me, was a little bit more legit. Like, it was just like, I'm on top. I'm going to do this. Like, okay. So lyrics are implying to me that you're a big fucking deal. Will you be a big fucking deal? Probably. So, to me, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the change. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that point. I think sometimes, especially now that they've rebuilt him, you kind of want to get rid of the... Not so much a negative stigma of the old song, but kind of like that. That was the song he always used when he was like losing and losing. So I don't disagree with that. Like I said, my opinion might change next week. It might change in a month. But on first listen, I thought it was a downgrade. I am curious what you thought of the number one contender match, Triple Threat. When I saw that these three guys were getting put together, I was like, oh, this could be a really fun match. Uh, but I wasn't thrilled with the result because Andrade wins. It set up a rerun. Obviously, we know KO and Garza have their own thing going on, so it makes sense. But... I'm just not really as excited, I guess, for Apollo Andrade too. I guess, or three or four. I wouldn't or five, be excited. Six. I wouldn't be. Yeah, I was gonna say I wasn't gonna be excited for CN. I wasn't gonna be excited because KO kind of like, KO should deserve his rematch because it got fucked up. But I want to see Angel Garza, and I think that's where we're headed anyway. So I think it was just like, okay, this is a stale. You know, like you got to give Apollo Crews a couple of tomato cans to beat, and it's gonna start with CN, and then we're gonna move on to something else. And, you know, like. Angel Gars is probably their, you know, in their back pocket for like when they're ready to do this because I think the money feud that they're going to probably try to, as you've already seen on Monday, is going to be Garza being a baby face against CN or vice versa, CN being a baby face with Garza being, you know, with Selena because I think there's only going to be one. And uh, well, I, I just I don't I think Selena's going to have to choose and she's going to choose who's going to be champion next. So that will be that is a very interesting thing. I am curious to see what they would do with that. Uh, but what other heat do you have? What other heats do I have? Plenty of them. Uh, well, we can talk about here's these kind of coincide together, and so I think it's an overall theme. So I'm sure you'll be able to tell me whether I'm wrong anyway. So it's fine. In my opinion, in my opinion, uh, the, the opinions of WrestleMania do not reflect the rest of the Jabberknocker. So just take that into consideration, people. But I think in one night they proved that the Raw Women's Championship. Doesn't matter. And the Raw Tag Team women's tag team titles don't matter. 
and there's only one person that matters. And that a, a tag team that was makeshift of a rivalry that has no fucking tandem together can beat two fucking tag teams, both of them former tag team champions, they, they, they sacrificed that entire division, in my opinion, in that opening contest. And then they sacrificed Asuka to Charlotte and Nia at the end. It was booking Charlotte the Slaughterer, as I will now call her. I am, I am, she is, she is, she, she lost. Yes, I know she didn't technically lose on Sunday, but man, they went out of their way egregiously, in my opinion to just steamroll the fact that she she sort of kind of maybe had lost. And now we're at a point where we're just like, yep, we're going to feed them two, not one, but two, including the tag champs. They're done. And in the main event, yep, she's going to beat, yes, I know Nia helped, whatever, want, want, nobody cares about Nia apparently, so let's move on. But I just felt like it was too much Charlotte for me, especially since Sunday it was overload. It was just too much. Like, just too much fucking Charlotte, especially in the promo. Although Oscar slapped the shit out of her, good honor. But I thought that they are sacrificing way too much, and I think that you can do a lot with a little. Me, this was too much. First off, uh, wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. I'm too much Charlotte. But, no, I, I don't disagree with your point of there's such a WWE booking thing. They literally have done it forever where the two people who are fighting become a tag team and they go over tag teams. Like, I hate that. At least in the triple threat, like, it was a triple threat, so it was a little more, like, whatever. I thought the more egregious one was, like, Lashley. Them sacrificing the Vikings, who are the top contenders, to fucking Lashley, just for whatever. I thought that one was worse. But, uh, the show... Yeah, that was that. You know what's funny? That was in my notes, too, as well. That it was an overall thing. I should add that. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. I just... That was that was the one that was worse to me, because at least in the triple threat, it's a triple threat. Like, they're all fighting each other. Like, the big thing about a triple threat is anything, anyone can win unexpectedly, because somebody doesn't have to get pinned, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. I, I don't love that it happens like that, because if you have two people fighting, it's so easy to have them lose, because they can cost each other by not getting the lawn. So, there's really no benefit to them beating people. So, I agree with all that, but... In terms of the main event, I mean, you said it perfect. You said it right. Like Nia did cost Oscar overall, so it's not like Charlotte just went out and buried her. They had a good competitive match. These two are rivals. They've gone back and forth in their careers. I think Charlotte's got the better of her most of the time. I think that's part of a story they're building that beyond backlash because it does appear like Charlotte Oscar is the feud next up after Oscar runs through Nia, um, which I'm hoping she will, and I think she will. So I am curious to see if Oscar will finally get her comeuppance on Charlotte or if it will be the same old story. But, I mean, at this point, WWE is just people like you. They're taking that pie and they're fucking rubbing it in your face, being like, oh, you think there's too much Charlotte? Well, fuck you. You're going to get more Charlotte than you could ever handle. We don't got Roman right now, so it's going to be Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. And for, I, for one, enjoy it because it's hilarious. I'm not saying she doesn't have a place in the program. She clearly does. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm not saying you don't uh, think that either. It's just it's it's one of those things. It's like yes, obviously, like she's super overexposed, and for, for that's part of that being the reason that she was a champion on the show she wasn't on. She saw on this show, then they were show, throwing her on SmackDown. But I mean, look it. I my argument with Charlotte always is she is the best. But I also think, like, to me, she's the closest comparison to that John Cena type that you're ever going to have. Because when John Cena was doing this, people were sick of it. They couldn't stand him. They wanted him gone. But now that he's kind of been, like, out of it for, like, whatever it's been, like, a couple years, the appreciation for John Cena has gone up. I think Charlotte's just going to be the same way because, like, in the moment, it's just, like, we're so overexposed to her. Like, even I, who, like, will defend Charlotte, I, of course, I get Charlotte fatigue as well. But I just think it's something when we're going to look back, like, someday when she is gone, it's going to be like, man... Like, Charlotte really was the best, and I understand why she was always shoved down our throats, even though we didn't want it all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you got any other heat, or should we get hopeful? Let's get hopeful. Glorious! You're my only hope. Would you like to kick us off, or would you like me to go? I'll go, because I'm piggybacking off of Charlotte on this one. I, I like My it. hope is for Charlotte. My, my hope is for Charlotte. Here's, here's, here's what I'm hoping. Now, clearly, this is from the brain of WrestleMania, so it probably will never see the light of day in the WWE, so it's fine. But I was thinking about this last night. Like, if we're going to overexpose her, right, we've seen her be dominant. Like, she's got, what, 12 title reigns or something crazy like that right now? Yeah, it's something not, like, like that. Yeah. Let's, let's cool her off for a while in terms of 
let's have her let's have her not win the championship for a while. She's only got four more to tie her dad. It's gonna happen. We know it. She's gonna surpass her dad because she's she's better than her dad. You know, like in in terms of you know what she means to whatever she's doing. But here's what I would like. She faces Oscar. Oscar finally beats her, and Charlotte starts to think to herself, "What the fuck? I thought I had this woman's number." Then she tries again. Oscar beats her again. And she's like, what the fuck? Something's wrong with me. She maybe even tries a third time, being like, third time's got to be the charm. Loses again to Oscar to definitively just say, fuck you. Like, as much as I don't care about Oscar, and I'd rather have the belt on Naya, in my opinion, Ugh. I think at the very least, if you, at the very least, if you're going to solidify the torch to Becky from Oscar, you might as well have fucking get the Batista, you know, feeling of having Triple H put her over. Three fucking times, you know, that time, or Triple H, as is Charlotte, I guess, in this case. But, like, do that. And here's, here's, here's what I want. Here's my hope. I want Charlotte. We've never seen Charlotte like this. We know Charlotte can be dominant. We know Charlotte's going to be everywhere. We know all this shit that's going to make me and the Dr. Backcracker fucking vomit when we see her when she's on our television. <laughs> but here's what I would prefer. If she's going to be on my television, at least for me, I would like to see her start losing. And I mean, like, Epic losing streak. Start off with the three Oscar things. Then it's little shit like this. She loses by DQ and counts out. Starts surmounting a lot of like a losing streak to the point where she loses her fucking shit and starts to, you know, change her character a little bit. You know, maybe evolve to the next stage of what maybe Charlotte can be. Maybe even go as far. Now she's not going to do this, obviously. But have like a fucking mental breakdown of losing so much. She goes into a loony bin. Maybe goes Britney Spears, shaves her head, walks barefoot into a fucking bathroom. Whatever. I'm saying that shit would be entertaining to me because she's so fucking good at the athletic stuff. She's so good on her television, I know. But it's just, it's the same song and dance where it's almost rerunish in general. Or so like, oh, who got another fucking win? Of course, Charlotte. Who got another fucking title? Of course, Charlotte. But we'd be shocked if a Liv Morgan finally beat her. Or if we'd be shocked if fucking Mandy Rose beat Charlotte out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, this giant tailspin happened. I think that'd be amazing television, especially if you're going to put Charlotte in that category of a John Cena. At least make her compelling enough to make me want to watch her. And I know that I'm in the minority, so I get it. But my hope is we've seen her win already and probably too much for now. Let's take a break. Let's ease off the gas on the victories and let's pump it and let's let her lose a little, but have an entertaining storyline with it. No, yeah, I, I don't disagree with the overall point, and I think a lot of the stuff that you're saying is why I was defending her run in NXT because I did feel like her main roster stuff was all rerunish and everything she would do would be rerunish. So that's why I was excited about the opportunity for her to share a ring with Rhea Ripley or Io Shirai and and whatever. And we'll see. Who knows? Maybe she still has work to do down there. But it certainly, judging by Rod, did not feel that way. But I mean, either way, Nestle. You're going to get plenty of your Charlotte Phil, so I'm sure we'll be talking about her again next week. But my hope involves the Intercontinental title. And, you know, we were we, we were having, like, a discussion in our thread today about it, blah, blah, blah. And I was just kind of – I didn't really have a hope yet. And I was thinking, it's like, well, this is already – and they're not calling it an interim cruiserweight champion like they are in NXT. They're calling it a new Intercontinental champion. They actually stripped Sami Zayn. But we know when Sami Zayn returns, he's going to return with that title and say he's the true champion. So it obviously would make sense to have a feud with whoever wins this match. And it would be a really good feud because either Sami AJ or Sami Bryan would be great. But I thought about this. And, like, obviously I think we got to work out the logistics a little bit because it doesn't really make sense. But what if somehow on SmackDown both Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles become the champion? Obviously, it won't be. There's only one belt, so only one guy can hold it up. But say, like, Daniel Bryan wins, but it was, like, in a weird way where AJ actually thought he won. Maybe it's, like, a pin tap out combination or something, but the referee declared one of them. And so Daniel Bryan gets the real belt, but AJ Styles goes out and makes his own. And suddenly we have two intercontinental champions on SmackDown every week arguing who's the best. And as this is starting to culminate. Here comes Sami Zayn to return. And now we have three Intercontinental Champions. Because we've seen the story of the two champions before. They're literally doing it, going to do it on NXT. So this one, I was trying to think, how can we make this so outrageously different that it might be interesting? And the end of the day, we would get a match between AJ Styles, 
Daniel Bryan, and Sami Zayn. Like, I don't care if you're a super mark, a mega mark, a little mark, a soft mark, any kind of mark, you're going to want to see that match. So I think that would be exciting. It's a weird hope, I know. There's some logistics they got to work out, but uh, that's why they get paid for it, and I don't. So hashtag JC knows, hashtag JC's hopes come true. Wow. Did not see that coming. Yeah, it's a weird one this week, but you know what? Sometimes you just throw shit against the wall and hope something sticks. It's true. That's how I cook spaghetti. <laughs> Ew. You don't do that trick where you to see if it's done, you throw it on the wall to see if it sticks? No? Okay. I, I normally just taste test it and Aren't you Italian? Yeah, we taste test everything. I don't I don't I mean, believe I don't believe when I cook I don't use measurements. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I mean know? Italians are the best the best cookers I know. Yeah, right but I'm not, I'm not going to throw good food against the wall. I know what it should taste like, so I taste it, and if it's not good, then you keep going. I feel like I learned that from somebody. It's, it's, it's a real thing. I just disagree with it because I, I do not believe in beating food. So. Except for okay, eggs. moving on. But, my comeback <laughs> goes to goes to Mr. Todd Pettengill. Haven't seen him in years. Showed up for NXT in your house. Did a couple of things for them. I loved him as a kid. I thought he was great at what he did. He was in the crowd before every pre-show, talking to fans, getting you know hyping up for packages. They even did the old school in your house thing. Like it brought nostalgia back in the time where I think it's okay to bring nostalgia back right now. And especially with him, he was he was a class class act. He did a, a really great job, and he still is a great radio DJ. I believe in uh, New York, doing amazing work there. And I think he actually tweeted us back at the Jobberknocker at some point early on in the Jobberknocker. So he's always been a big fan, big supporter. Uh, but uh, it was nice to see him do his shtick. And uh, it was nice. Even William Regal sliding in the Ico Pro and the uh, ice cream bars because uh, World Out for Days is no longer with us. There's a lot of good things in that in there. So I guess I could give the whole thing to In Your House. But I will give it specifically to Todd Cut and Gil because that man, he didn't age and he didn't get sour. He was amazing and he's still... Uh, He's still amazing, and uh, people like he should teach a class to everybody that's on screen at the performance center because he is not eating up scenery, but he's he's nibbling on it just the way that makes me want to see more. You know, you nibble, you don't eat it up. So Todd Pettengill, number one in my heart, number 150, I'm sure, in the list of people that'll be uh, interviewers on WWE. But uh, goddamn, it's why I love that man. So that's my uh, that's my comeback. I liked your comeback this week. I don't uh, do that often, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you some props. I like it. Uh, my comeback is uh, can't see me, but uh, the Peep Show. My boy Christian hosted the Peep Show. Edge was his guest. We obviously had a little Orton interruption, but I, of course, I get to see Christian most Tuesdays on uh, WWE Backstage. It's a part of the reason why I really love that show because I love Christian. Always been a Christian guy. Uh, he's always been one of my favorites. I think he's one of the best, most underrated guys in the mic of all time. He's obviously incredible in the rain. But it was nice to see him out there, obviously, with his buddy Edge. They always have the chemistry. I've been waiting for this to happen because it made a lot of sense with this Randy Orton feud. But the main reason I'm giving this my comeback is we've kind of talked how they've literally done nothing for this match except for the obnoxious taglines and hype. But this like quick little segment here with the promos... It got me interested in this match a little bit. Because this was a match that was like, whatever, I'm, I'm obviously going to watch because they're hyping it like obnoxiously. Something's going to happen stupidly or whatever. But this, I was like, okay. Like, this this got me back a little bit where I actually kind of care about it. And this, it from where it was, I think that was effective. So, Christian, you get my comeback. Okay, Christian, not terrible, not great, but not terrible. It is great. Christian's the greatest of all time. Uh, I've always enjoyed Christian's work. I thought he's uh, very fluid in the ring. Uh, the one thing I will say about this promo is that Randy Orton cut one of the best pro- They keep talking about the best matches ever that are fucking happening. Randy Orton is cutting some fucking self-promos on WWE television, and even as Ray Ray has said, even better on Twitter. I think maybe TJ has said one of you guys in the thread. But he is doing so much amazing mic work. It's ridiculous. Like, I just... When he cut that promo last night, I went, oh, my God. Find me the fuck up. Like, he... He signed me into this entire thing. So I, I have a, I have a theory about uh, the, the greatest match ever based on the detective work of JC slash I had an epiphany the other night when I was watching this promo, so we'll talk about it in a little bit. Ooh, I'm excited for that. Uh, you want to get to the old big finish? Sure, let's do it. All right, we are going to give you your backlash predictions. Uh, we are going to talk about In Your House very quickly in a moment, but before we do that, I would like to socialize the podcast. Give us five stars, five flames right now on iTunes. Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, 
on YouTube. Like, subscribe, download, all that stuff. It goes a long way. We appreciate it. Jobbernocker.com. That's our website where you can uh, check out all our weekly articles. Uh, NXT and AEW, so hot right now. Um, so make sure you check those out. NXT UK and NWA Power will return when those are applicable. There are also always some great side features that our boys like to do. Our boy uh, TJ wrote a piece about Drake Maverick, which is up there in the Featured tab if you want to check that out, as well as a lot of other great work he's done recently. I believe he had a shock value one last week about Otis. And also all our backlash predictions from the entire staff will be available on JobberKnocker.com. And as Nestlemania said early on YouTube, make sure you check out the NXT In Your House review show from the Quinn Magic. It is up there, so like that and... Subscribe to our YouTube page and watch that as well. Um, but also Twitter at Jabberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at, uh, fuck, I just lost my spot, uh, at Ray Ray of the JK, at Billy D2411, at Joe Pollock47, at TJ of the JK, at The Real Deal B Cox, Facebook Jabberknocker, Instagram Jabberknocker, because we are everywhere. You want to be on social media. I'm losing my fucking breath. You talk for a few seconds here. Woo, uh, man, I hate all the wheels are coming off this one for sure but yeah look i mean i was excited to see all the stuff we've been doing on the job or not we're doing a great job we want to be the voice of people we want to have fun so uh, as long as you're having fun you know come on and be a part of the job or not folks because we uh as much as people like to call me uh, a certain thing no fun that so i think we have a lot of fun on this program personally so it's just me i agree 100 percent. Uh, and speaking of fun i think it's time to get in your house uh, and I think we'll just run through it quickly. Uh, my girl Tegan got the win in the six-man tag, six-woman tag. Jesus, I'm like freaking your boy Todd Phillips. I call it it's a six-woman tag, goddammit. But Tegan got the win. That's all I care about. Yeah, I was going to say, the only people I really cared about in this matchup, at least for me, was Tegan Knox and Candice Michelle. I was interested in Candice Michelle, excuse me. Candice <laughs> Ray. Wow, what a Freudian flip. Not even clear and even close. Uh, so, yeah, I was interested to see the new gimmick for Candice and then just to see Tegan. She's amazing, so... That's the only two people I really cared in the six-woman tag. Let's move on. Yeah, um, next up we had Balor and Priest. I didn't really care about this match going in, but I will say it was a pretty solid bout. I was interested in that. I watched the Triple H uh, Renee Facebook uh, video afterwards. Usually it was where Kathy Kelly is no longer. Kathy Kelly no longer with us uh, in the WWE space. But uh, if um, you watch that video, we talked about this was Damian Priest. Uh, it was it was his night, is what he said, and I said, "Really? That's a little bit odd." But you know, like I had to go back and watch it again. You know, the bump on the stairs that was pretty neat. Uh, you know, it, it was a losing effort, but he wanted to say in a losing effort kind of thing. So I'm not necessarily a huge Damian Priest guy, and I'm sure TJ is getting all pissed off and yelling at his wife or his kids about how terrible Nestlemania is, and he doesn't know anything. And TJ, you're probably wrong because that's just who you are. You're wrong about everything. But that's wow. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, to me, I don't think Punishment Martinez, or if you dress it up as Damian Priest, is really, to me, as exciting. He's a top, top mid-card guy at best for me. And, I, you know, he does fine work. It's just he's not, he's not an Apple guy. And I'm sure that TJ would be excited that he's not an Apple guy. So it's fine. Well, speaking of TJ, we're going to get to the uh, TJ Memorial Bowl. It is uh, Keith Lee, what, what, versus Johnny Gargano. Keith Lee retains as he should have. But I am curious to see what is next for both these men. I mean, Keith Lee's on such a roll that I just, I kind of hope he holds that championship for a really long time. I hope he kind of like sets the record for it or something, you know, because he's having great matches. And I feel like, yes, I haven't watched a lot of NXT television, but I feel like he is definitely something that they don't overexpose. I'm probably wrong, but I don't feel like they overexpose Keith Lee. Am I wrong? Um, I th- he's definitely, there's been a lot less of him since he pretty much won the title, which I think is good. Okay. Um, so, but I, I do think that. He does need some sort of momentum because before this Johnny feud, there wasn't a lot going on ever since Dijakovic has uh, run away from him. Um, it just it seems like he hasn't quite – he was actually feuding with your boy Priest, I believe. But that's why I'm really curious what's next for him because I think – I would like to see him in a, like a legit feud with someone hot to make to, – to really, really, really show what he can do and burn the house down. Yeah, well, let's hope that they get some indie rific guy. You know, I mean – Maybe maybe Cross will be the next person to take it away from him, but they, I think like Cross is probably going to be the next maybe the NXT champion. Who knows? Yeah. Speaking of the NXT championship, that was in the middle of the card. It was the whatever they called it, backyard brawl. Uh, Adam Cole, baby, taking on the Velveteen Dream. I love the Velveteen Dream's getup, as our boy TJ said, very Negan esque. For those of you that uh, watch The Walking Dead, 
Um, I'm curious your thoughts on this match because obviously it's another one of those um, production matches. Um, I overall, I thought it was quite enjoyable. Obviously, you had Dexter Loomis uh, thrown in there, taking out some of the members of Undisputed Era. That guy continues to be an enigma. You want to talk about not overexposing someone. I think they've done a great job with him. But obviously, uh, the big thing here is uh, our boy, boy DQ and myself are on Adam Cole Island, baby, uh, as he retained and he will continue to be your NXT champion. I don't know. This is one of those moments. Maybe it's because, and I'll be honest with you, I think it's because partially I was watching it on Zoom with you guys. I don't know if that takes away from it. Maybe I should go back and watch it again. But I thought the reasoning of it being in the middle of the card made me feel like I'm not missing much. You know, and I feel like you're presenting it in a way to people where maybe they didn't have confidence in it being the last thing on the card. Because maybe they didn't think it was that good. I don't know. Like, and maybe, again, I'm jumping to a conclusion. But I didn't really enjoy it very much. I thought that it was kind of like, it was good. You know, like obviously they used all the full sale backlash stuff and they did all that cool, you know, they made it, it seem as cool as possible. But I don't know what it is about the NXT cinematic universe. I don't think it rains through like as good as some of the uh, the Firefly or the Graveyard stuff I've seen so far. But I just, I don't know. I just, it didn't, it was good. It just, it was like, it, when, it, when I started in the middle of the card, I went, well, I don't really have to get too excited for this one. So I will say this, because I, I, you're not the only one who said that about being in the middle of the card, but for me, when I was looking at this card, like I didn't even consider this was going to be the main event. The main event to me was I was looking at Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai, because I was like, that's a main event level match. Like The women haven't an, a main evented at NXT a lot, especially recently, for whatever reason. I think it's partially um, some of their matches just, they weren't on the level of the hype meter as the rest, but I thought this was, the women's triple threat for me was like a slam dunk um main event so i think the way they did this made a lot more sense to you know kind of put it in the middle and try something different with production because we've seen adam cole and main event millions of times by now and i think maybe if dream was winning you'd consider it at the end but even still considering who won the match for the woman i still think that would have main evented even if the dream won so i think that's more of it than it being an indictment on this match i think it was more of the other match being so hot Okay, I'll take your word for it. <clears throat> then we had a quick little, uh, you know, a, a really quick match where Karrion Cross uh, choked out Tommaso Ciampa, who literally I don't think got any offense in. It's kind of nice to see, honestly. I liked it too uh, because when was the last time, like, you have someone debuting and they're taking on legit, like, Tommaso Ciampa's one of the faces of NXT, and Karrion Cross just legitimately destroyed him like a squash match. Like, you never see that because it's all about protecting everyone. But for me, when I look at Karrion Cross, I'm like, this is a guy where, like, you sacrifice some guys for him because, the, like, the rocket ship should be on this guy because there's something about this presentation in him that so far has been flawless. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, I could say, but... Um... It's just I don't. I think um, I think Karrion Cross was watching uh, some Randy Orton videos, and then he took down Tommaso Ciampa pretty quickly. So oh, I like it. Out there. So yeah, uh, you know, like again, it, I, I like the presentation across. I think it will get old eventually. But I think it's so new right now. We're really hyped for it. So my hope is that there's an ever evolving kind of thing. If he wins the championship soon, um, so I'm. I'm curious because the guy is super brilliant too. Like I don't know if you've ever seen any of shoot interviews. You talk, you've seen him talk to any people. He's he's an intellectual kind of being, and he has such a centered uh, a way about him. I guess is the best way to describe it. He's somebody you put out in the media, and I think he's somebody that I think you haven't seen him yet talk to people, JC. But I think you're gonna fall in love with the guy once you see him talk a little bit more, and. Uh, not the insanity kind of looking angle that he does, but I mean, like the actual person, I think you're going to end up falling in love with him even more. No, and I could definitely see that because I obviously, I didn't really watch him as much in Impact or wherever he was, but I knew about the dynamic level of character. And of course, he's got freaking uh, Lady Scarlet with him. So that's another like 15 notches higher uh, anyways. But we will go to the main event now, which was my favorite part of the show. It was my favorite match. I thought this was a lot of fun. I expect it to be a lot of fun. Io Shirai, though, our girl coming out on top, winning the NXT Women's title, getting put over by Charlotte the Elevator. But Io is your new NXT Women's Champion. I do think if Charlotte was going to elevate the entire division, it would have been nice if she doesn't come back to lose. Lose, lose. You, you know, know that's I mean? not like, her I call, right? That... It's not her call. No, I, no, 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 no. I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying 
I'm sure she would have liked to have lost to put the stamp on EO. I agree. But if she hasn't come back, I think that it's a, it's a lost opportunity because you can sit here and talk, talk about how she's the elevator and I'll call her something different. That's <laughs> fine. They're doing it to gaslight me anyway. But I think that, like, you're talking about sacrificing some people to make somebody else, as you just said, like, two minutes ago. I think Charlotte could have lost here and won and did whatever she did on Monday and everything would have been fine. Nobody would have cared. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to lose that much luster, in my opinion. No, I agree. Um, I agree. So, so I think that, like, EO, not taking away anything from EO, and when she beat, you know, Rhea, that was cool and everything. Shout out to, the, the, to our boy, the Joe Stopper, who said, Rhea's wearing white, which means she's going to take the pinfall and lose. So <laughs> kudos to the Joe Stopper. Um, but that's what I'm thinking about. Like, you know, Charlotte, and I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying, like, that, that's kind of what it is, like, if you're saying you're going in there and you're elevating the division and you're elevating everybody and you're helping them learn and you're helping them get to the next level, that's fine. But like, it's you know it's a time honored tradition. If you leave somewhere and you go somewhere else, you always put somebody else over cleanly and you do it you know with the respect. And again, I'm sure she has it, but it's just like I wish whoever was, you know, I'm yeah, sure but, they have a reason for it, but it's just like eh, whatever. So my argument against that would be is I really liked the way this match ended because. We were kind of talking about it on, like, our we had a little, like, Zoom going with a couple of us just uh, watching the event. It's just, like, EO winning was, like, I loved the way they did it for the way that she won because it was more of, like, that shock thing. I really, really, I really liked that finish. So that's why I didn't mind it because it was just, like, Charlotte thought she had it. She had it. And then here comes EO from the clouds, you know? So I just, that's why for me, like, I, I understand because, yes, I do, I would like to see someone from NXT pin Charlotte to win the title. But I thought that the way they did this was interesting, and I do hope that we do get to see EO and Charlotte in a legit match because they're only one with Schmaz. I wouldn't even mind liking to see Charlotte and Rhea again because I thought that was the one of the best uh, matches of the year so far. It was an incredible singles match at WrestleMania, and there's obviously more people in the division I'd like to see Charlotte work with. So I, but it just it it seems like at least for now that WWE has pulled the plug on that for whatever reason. But I do agree that I would like to see her go back there and really, really put someone over. Okay. Should we go to Backlash? Sounds like, I was going to say, sounds like you should do Backlash, yeah. So there are seven matches booked as of our taping right now, so that is all we can cover. But uh, first up, we have a singles match for the WWE United States Championship. Apollo Crews defends against Andrade. Give me, dun da da dun dun Ah, oh, it's not a song anymore, damn it. But give me Apollo Crews. Yeah, I mean, Apollo has to win, right? He just won the thing, so it has to be uh, Apollo all day, every day. Easy enough. We'll move on to the triple threat tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. The Boss, Sasha Banks, and Bayley, who is also the SmackDown Women's Champion, defend against Bliss Cross and the Iconics. Um, they could always do the switcheroo here um, and have a quick title reign for Bayley and Sasha, but I do think that they will pin either Alexa Bliss or Nikki Cross and retain and go on to feud with the Iconics uh, going forward. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, put money on it right now, folks, that uh, Bailey and Sasha are going to win. So there you go. No, I'm, sca- I'm scared because you were the kiss to death for Bliss Cross last week, so I'm scared that you might have just put the, the curse on old Bailey and Sasha. We'll see. Yep, we'll see if it really works. Next up is uh, Nestle's main event, uh, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Oh, God, give me Sheamus. No, I'm just kidding. Give me Jeff Hardy all day. Yeah, I think Hardy's going to win too, um, but... I don't know. I feel like these guys won't be done after this, so I'm sure there'll be plenty more. But next up, we have a singles match for the Raw Women's Championship. Asuka defends against Nia Jax. Give me Asuka all day. I was hoping that it was going to be Nia, but I'm, I, I can't pick against it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Asuka, unfortunately, against my better judgment. Good. Next up, a two-on-one handicap match for the WWE Universal Championship. Braun Strowman defends against The Miz and John Morrison. I am going to pick the... No, Braun Strowman. Yeah, like you said, this was just a check mark for Braun. It's a nice way to get him going. Although, I will say, do you think that uh, Otis does try to cheat the cash in here? I think, I think this is... Like that? This is going to be your schmozzy schmoz in the night. I think, honestly, I think this match is going to be a lot of fun, and I do think Otis will factor in. And I think all of that, as much as this is a throwaway, I think it will be entertaining. But I do not think Otis will actually cash in, but I do think there will be a lot of teasing going on. Okay. Everybody loves a good tease. Oh, everyone loves to tease. Uh, speaking of, we teased this hell out of this match earlier, and you actually already gave your pick. It is a singles match for the WWE Championship. You picked Bobby Lashley to become the new champion over Drew McIntyre. Do you stand by that? I do. I am uh, picking Big Bob. I, Bob, what about Bob? I, honestly, 
this I'm looking at this match and uh, there's arguments. We've made them earlier for either guy. I'm definitely delaying right now, but give me the champ. I think it would be it would be tough for Drew McIntyre to lose right now. Maybe this is something where there's a DQ or something and they find a way to continue it, but I think Drew McIntyre is walking out with the title, so I guess I'll pick him to win. Drew McIntyre, boo. Yeah. Well, yeah. A, uh, who would have thought there'd be a day where you would you WrestleMania would be rooting for Bobby Lashley? I never thought we'd get to that day, but here we are. Never thought it. Nope. <clears throat> well, next up we have the greatest wrestling match of all time in what I don't know if it'll be the main event, but the way they're hyping it, I guess it should be. It is Edge versus Randy Orton, the rematch from WrestleMania. Edge obviously won that one. I don't. The expectations for this are all over the place. So I'd like. Uh, let's hear what the detective has to say. So I was thinking about this earlier. But they kept fucking harping on the greatest match ever, the greatest match ever, greatest match ever. Quite possibly could be the greatest match ever. Shit like that. And it wasn't until last night that I was watching it and I went, wait a minute. I think we're missing the point of what this is. And so I think by this is me. This is how the framework has changed while I'm watching this match this coming Sunday. Why I'm not saying it's going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. What I've focused on more, based on that promo from the Peep Show and other things, is that it's more about the pressure on Edge. It's more about Randy Orton always delivering and Randy Orton always being the guy and always being able to do things and being better than everybody else. But then they like planted to, to, to live up to the expectation of the greatest match ever and Edge not being able to live up to that and what that'll be to him. So I'm looking at it a little bit differently now where I'm thinking like, okay, it's not about having the greatest match ever. It's about putting a little spin on having a wrestling match. Like, can this guy even do wrestling holds? Like I made a joke a couple weeks ago. But like, not just can he win and beat Randy Orton, but now he can, he has to have the greatest wrestling match ever. So like, I think if you look at it from that framework, it's a little less wonky and a little bit weird, a little less weird. Cause I was thinking about it earlier this morning too. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's more about can edge hang and they needed to do it in such a weird wonky way. They're doing it with this, you know, greatest wrestling match ever. They're talking more about him trying to, relive or be as good as edge normally was and it's more of a can he do it versus you know so i'm not necessarily thinking that edge is going to walk in and, and, and have the fucking greatest match ever but i do believe that edge will end up winning in somehow some fashion yeah i uh i actually i've been leaning the whole time that i was going to pick edge because i agree with everything that you said like in the build i think that was a very uh very well thought out way to put it but i'm also thinking it's just like especially now that we're getting so close to SummerSlam, I could easily see them wanting to have a third match here. And the easiest way to have a third match is to split it and have Orton somehow win this. So for all the reasons you mentioned, I think Edge is the logical pick. But those of you that know me, I I might be a logical guy, but I don't always pick logically. So fuck it. Give me Randy Orton because I think they're going to use it against him to try to degrade Edge. So then when he does eventually win, it'll be a bigger deal. But yeah, give me Randy Orton. Why not? Fuck it. Wow, that seems weird. Okay, well, thanks for the victory. Yeah, we'll see about that, uh, Nestlemania. We will see about that. Do you have anything else before we get out of here? Uh, that's it. I think we finished it. I'm exhausted. You must be exhausted. I'm out of breath, so you take us home. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to the Jobber Knocker. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery.